Welcome back to The Shed. It's just us. No celebrity anybody's except us. We're celebrities in our own right. KJ is actually a actual celebrity in his own right. Jesse award-winning KJ McNulty. And, uh, we're back for another uh, virtual session here because we were here anyway, so we thought we may as well just record a whole other episode because we're, we're that kind of guy. And so sit back, relax, and get ready for whatever we think we might have on our minds. I think we're going to be looking for some feedback on a couple of subjects, and we're going to do some listener mail. Pretty sure we'll get to that finally, which is really good because we love listener mail. So here we go. Boys, get ready. I'm ready. I told her that I was worried about this interview, how it was all going to go. And so I'm just telling her it went very well. And uh, this is all going to end up in the podcast. What are you laughing about? I just, uh, I had to get up courage to say, so you deny that you want to be prime minister. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome, actually. I really like that. It's what we were all thinking. (laughs) No, I wasn't thinking that at all, which was why it was so awesome. Because oh. I mean, just imagine all that crap. Like, I can't take it on Twitter, Twitter when somebody attacks me on Twitter. I just am way too fragile for that. And in that job, I'm sure you get people just saying the most awful stuff to you on all forms of social media and live. And you just have to just eh, shake it off. It's just another day. I was going to ask her about it, but it was too far down the list and nobody really probably cares anyways. But... So that kind of loaded, unanswerable question, so you deny, you know, probably gets that seriously. <laughs> so that's why it was so funny to me, because it's obviously not intended seriously. But that was very... Yeah, no, how she manages her social media would, would be definitely an interesting question. They were all good questions, though. We just, it, it could have yeah. easily been a one hour thing, but, but it's good. Yeah. It's good. Well, you could feel that she was, uh, she was getting preoccupied about getting off. Like right after about two thirty-five, she began to yeah. be aware that time was passing. Oh yeah, and it's like you say, it's her holiday. It's a well, and I'm sure she's got other crap lined up, like yeah. actual work stuff, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah, we didn't even get in. I think it's kind of cool that she is. Her parents are from Taiwan. Two other MLAs are from Taiwan. They all were elected in 2017, and the first they're the first MLAs with Taiwanese ancestry. Yeah, Katrina Chan is one, and she is a minor minister. minister yeah, child, child development child or something like yeah. that. Yeah, And Bowen Ma is a secretary for transit issues, which is a new position. Yeah, so it's not a ministry thing, but she's the, she's the touch point for transit with government. And that's why, and that all arose from that whole um, beeline business. Yeah. And she's also looked into a third crossing, right? Like a rail rail crossing, right? Yeah, They're, that's a thing that's going on. They came away with some conclusions, but I don't know if they've been acted on yet. I mentioned the BC Police Act review. She just sits on that panel. Yeah. She's not leading it. Yeah. That's I didn't get to ask her that either. Cats or dogs? That was on my list. She's got a cat that she's tweeted a couple of pictures of sitting on the ground in front of its own portrait. We were just talking about our future political interview possibilities are oh you? now that we've broken the ice on this one i think we should have at her They're well we could ring at the door as far as i'm concerned we could because i was telling moby lee of courtney sent me a response and she's buddies with ken hardy who's a sitting mla for her over there oh yeah 
he used to be an ICBC employee and he's he's very comfortable with all this kind of stuff. Cool. And we can be the like, Rex Reed of interviewers, you know, never a hard question. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, really. Always a puff piece. <laughs> the Ken Hardy one would be interesting just because I don't know anything about him. Like I I knew who he was at ICBC and I know what Lee thinks of him, but I don't know anything about him. What he's done. I don't even know what party he's. We with, should do but. like Joe Rogan and have them smoking joints and stuff. <laughs> just yeah. I'm just gonna mute myself while I eat my chips so you can record your intros and outros. Oh, okay. All right, all right. You were on the phone to um the three what what's the what's the name of the university in Kamloops? Thompson Rivers University, yeah. So, so what was what was up there? How's it going there? Um, Jen's not a listener, but maybe she will now. Yeah, no. So what happened there was, so Jen went up there last Friday. She had two o'clock move in time, right? And so Jen is 18. She's going to be 19 the end of this month. And so she's going through those changes where you identify yourself as an adult and you want to take responsibility for your life and you want to make your own decisions about things, right? And at the same time, she's aware that she has never been out on her own. She's aware that she has lived in a house. She's anxious to try it, right? So the day comes, she's got to drive up there and she leaves. And, and I'd asked her at least a few times over the preceding couple of weeks, did she want me to follow her? Uh, is there any way a friend can ride with her? And I would bring, because she's never driven that drive by herself. She and I went up there last spring. So no, no, I'm good. No, no. And the poor thing, she got as far as Maple Ridge and she was gassing up and it all just kind of hit her, right? It was all just, oh my God, I'm on my own. I don't even know for sure where I'm going. And she just got a new car. Heather bought her a new car. And how do I even probably put gas in this thing? You know, like, so she called Heather. Heather followed her up there. <laughs> up they went. And in the meantime, it turned out she hadn't paid her tuition yet. So she was really nervous about that. And she looked like she was going to be late for her designated check-in time at her residence because there was an accident in Abbotsford. And really, I think the news should just start reporting when there's not an accident on Highway 1 at Abbotsford because it's just <laughs> constant out there. Anyways, so I had got on the phone when you were trying to get to me and I was talking to the cashier to say, okay, I got to pay this. And then to residents, yes, her name is Jenna Lilburn. She's going to be a little late. And is that okay? And what does she have to do? And it all worked out fine. But, you know, it was all with a view to avoiding meltdown. So she got there. She got moved in. She's, she doesn't have a roommate. She's supposed to, but she doesn't have one. And it may be because many other people are deciding what's the point of going to live in residence when all courses are online. She doesn't have a roommate who's a bit lonely um, and she's decorating her place and she's doing all, she, she seems to be going okay. Good, good. I remember starting at Selkirk and being completely clueless because, you know, like you say, you kind of, you have your whole life where people are kind of telling you what you need to do. And uh, yeah, I remember showing up to choose classes <laughs> and I'd go, well, I want that class. And they're going, well, yeah, the list's full. Yeah. Yeah, and all I, of that. And just, I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> aren't you yeah, just going to hand me this on a platter? Like, that's yeah. what I totally expected. Yeah. I expected that they would give me, oh, here's all your materials. And yeah. just, and no, it was uh, quite a rude awakening. I ended up like in half the classes I didn't want to be in or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, my learning there was just how little clue I had about what I actually wanted to do. I just, 
no idea at all. Yeah, and that's what uh, that most most first year students have that in common. Well, Jen's excited about her courses. She's taken, uh, oh damn it, environmental science. So she's taken a whole bunch of courses like dendrology, and uh, that's the only one I can remember. She also yeah, you has can to never take... get enough of dendrology. <laughs> well, she's excited, and you know various uh, natural science type things like how to fish work. Whatever the proper course name for that is, how to fish work, and how to forests work. There's names for those courses that I can't remember. She's excited about those. She also has to take a calculus and a chemistry. She's not excited about those, not even a little bit. But uh, yeah, I can, and I've told my kids, I was very lucky uh, when I was their age. I got to leave home with my friends, with you guys. I didn't have to go live by myself and any of that, which was for me really, really a life-saving proposition because I, I just, no clue at all, no clue. I've kind of lived my whole life that way, you know, no clue. And just picking it up from people I know. Oh, really? Let me just, uh, let me just write that down here. What did you just say? Ah, what fun, what fun. Well, PJ, every time you lean, it's... Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know, I know. Well, we just bought four chairs uh, originally made by Chintz and Company, and they're, they're all used. Yeah, I know. And they're used chairs, so they were real nice and cheap. And uh, I was surprised at how loose they all were underneath. What kind of chair are you sitting on? Is it a, a dining table chair? Yeah, and it's it's wood, and it does have screws that can be tightened up. Yeah, I just yeah, haven't. Yeah. I, I got this off the side of the street, too, for those of you. There you and go. And I, I sent Jenna up to Kamloops with a bunch of dishes that I got off the street, a bunch of Ikea dishes. I'm a little worried about those Chintz and Company chairs, because... I got out my ratchet and I just tightened them all down and they're into wood. I think at one end there's a metal bracket yeah. that they screw into. So you, you don't really over tighten them. But on the other hand, at just randomly, I heard this bap. Like yeah. I'm looking around. I can't see any cracks anywhere, but I might have just uh, hopefully didn't do any damage. Well, how they're made kind of varies. Like sometimes, Moby, you will probably know this. They have this metal thing that they stick down the hole and it anchors somehow. That's what these have. Yeah. So you thread the bolt into something with threads, but the thing you're screwing it into is just anchored in the wood. Yes. And so if you really, really, really reef the bolt down, you probably pull that anchor thing out and that's probably the BAP is that anchor thing. Coming coming out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, anyway, they're all solid. So hopefully they'll, they'll last. And I almost wondered whether the instructions say to not tighten too much. Because a lot of them were loose, and I just thought maybe the original instructions, they didn't tighten them much, and then you have to retighten them every couple of years. I think wood just dries out. Yeah, okay, that's probably You it. know, like, you make them new, that wood's as dry as they think it has to be. Well, I could see the washer pushing into the wood on one of them. <laughs> Whoops. Sinking in. Yeah. Well, I got a, a good one from Uncle Dennis. Oh. So, last Monday... He gets the results of a CT scan, and uh, cancer is spread all over his body. And then on Friday, he goes in for a feeding tube because he can't eat, right? Because it tastes so awfully, he just can't eat. And so they put in a feeding tube sort of late Friday afternoon, and on, at midnight on Saturday, at midnight that night, his house burnt down. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, well. I thought I could have sworn you said you got a good one from... It's just a good story, isn't it? Just how. So how did that happen? Do you know? 
Oh yeah, he. Uh, it was his neighbor's house that burnt down, but it uh, moved to his, oh. and it somehow got into the attic. So it's all. I don't know if there's any actual fire damage. Well, there might be in the attic, but there's all his possessions are just smoke and water damage. But he said his tools were in the front porch, which was not damaged, and that was pretty well the only thing of value in there. So he was sort of happy about that. But he sounded great, I must say. Really? Is it like, okay, it's spread and it's pretty well over, or it's spread and no, we're going to fight oh, this he's, thing? Uh, he's going back into chemo next week. Okay. So, uh, you know, whatever happens. But yep. like I say, he's... He sounds awful positive about everything. So wow. Great. His house burns down. Yeah. And, yeah, wow, that's amazing. Well, big shout out to Uncle Dennis anyways. Yeah, yeah. I decided rather than killing the dogs, I would just try to entertain at least one of them here. Oh, what were they barking at? Oh, nothing. Air. <laughs> you know. Looper moths, maybe. You know, the dreaded looper moths. You want to protect the homestead from those things. <laughs> just one of these say, hey, I was joking with somebody, probably Haley, the other one of these days I'm going to come out there and there'll be a 10 foot Kodiak out there. And it's just <laughs> the same Chihuahua bark, right? <laughs> As they apply to birds and squirrels and looper moths, puffs of wind and falling leaves. It's just so dumb. Sir. Uh-huh. Do you want to do a uh, listener mail? Yeah, absolutely. Let's hear it. All right. What do we got? We got one from uh, Captain Rob from Saskatoon, who oh, is ah, yes. uh, who continues to make his way through uh, every single episode. He's up now to episode 40. So it turns out that Captain Bob is a truck expert, especially Ford trucks. So he goes, Ford pickups, eh? And the old possibly new days the f-150 was a half ton the f-250 was three quarter ton and the f-350 was a one ton i believe that's correct right boys i think it is yeah they can haul more but the designations may be closer to icbc's regulations for example a mason told me that the three quarter ton could comfortably hold a ton of bricks i mean that makes sense right you're going to have your designation is going to be you can always handle at least that much, but you're going to err on the other side of, okay, you could actually handle some more. Like a piece of equipment, like say a computer, they say uh, never operate this over 40 degrees Celsius. And it's like, oh, it's 40.1. The whole thing failed. Like you'd n- you would never want that. So yeah, the yeah, engineers are yeah. always careful. But, and and the, the really classics for that are a lot of Dodge trucks. Like that episode... Those big trucks we were talking about, they're referred to as bully trucks. And we were talking about vehicles that we think are um, problems on the road. I believe Sue was our guest in that one. And yeah, that was where we were talking about white vans. Yes, yes. Dodge Dodge trucks are the worst for that. They are the ones, and Heather of, I can't remember the name of her company right now, I'm sorry to say. In the episode, I said it about 10 times for, for laughs. To borrow a device from a way more popular podcast, this is PJ, future PJ, butting in to say that the name of Heather's company that I couldn't remember when we were recording this is Specialized Training. Okay, now I'll butt right back out again. She she will tell you, like, those ones, those big heavy Dodge trucks that are often driven by tradesmen are very often misregistered. 
you know that yeah. there's somebody doing yard work and they've registered to, to you know use it as a passenger vehicle or something like that and they're carrying around a ton of crap uh, just constant but yeah so he continues one wonders <laughs> let, me, let me just start this i love this he says for example a mason told me the three-quarter ton could comfortably haul a ton of bricks which is one pallet one wonders if it could also haul a ton of feathers <laughs> yeah the uh do you guys remember that? Like, oh yeah, quick, I got caught in that yeah. pound of lead, pound of feathers. Yeah, which is heavier, a pound of lead or a pound of feathers? And I can clearly remember falling for that in elementary school, just a hundred percent. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. lead is way heavier. Like, you know, arguing vehemently. Right, and I mean, of course, there was the trick question, which is, which is heavier, an ounce of gold or an ounce of feathers? And the answer is, I can't remember which, but one of them is actually heavier than the other because gold is measured in avoirdupois ounces, whereas feathers are measured, of course, in troy ounces. Of course. And That's the, why we have you on the team, RJ, yeah. is to remember the difference between troy and avoirdupois, whatever right. that is. Okay. Uh, Rob continues. The heavy-duty mechanic who works on our new rail car mover, Kelly, and I think Kelly is the name of the mechanic, not the name of the rail car mover. He drives an F-450, I'm guessing two or three tons. It's a big, impressive truck. I'm guessing really bad mileage. You guys, and mostly Sue, knocked this one out of the park. Very <laughs> enjoyable. I'd forgotten we'd, we'd had Sue on that episode, and that was a real highlight. It was, and we should, you know, like we've, our guests have mostly been pretty successful. That Sue one was very good. I mean, our listeners put up with us, but when we have guests, I think it really, uh, resonates I, I think our listeners should send us thank you mails when we get anybody other than us in one of these podcasts yeah, yeah. and uh thanks captain bob that's an awesome letter and uh we've got one from lee from courtney we don't hear from her very often no it's been what weeks yeah since we heard from now this is actually quite impressive because we talked about photo radar and you know we got our opinions on it and pj you had some inside knowledge about that but uh, Lee from Courtney knows a lot on this topic. Let's hear what she has to say. Hi again. Regarding the new photo radar as of April 1st this year, the program has issued more than 20,000 speeding tickets in the 35 designated intersections. I had no idea. I mean, Waze tells me that there's a, a speeding, a speed trap ahead. And what it's referring to is one of our intersections that has one of those cameras and I'm going to, are they really catching people? And I'm trying to keep an eye on it because my speed will, I hope nobody's listening, but my speed will sometimes inch up say around 65 in a 50 zone. And uh, so I got to watch that. Won't somebody think of the kids? I know. And she says, you're right, hardly a peep from the public. Unlike the first time when the righteous indignation was loud enough for Gordon Campbell to make it a campaign issue, and it paid off for him. So he actually got elected on that campaign issue. In, in part, in yeah. Part. Well, lot, the fairy scandal had a lot to do with it too. But Oh, that's true, yeah. And the knife. Oh, yeah. You're probably right that it's different this time because it's related to intersection speeding instead of straight stretches. I was the communications lead on the photo radar program when it was launched in the mid-90s, and I and the police lead on the program toured the province making presentations to just about every municipality, chamber of commerce, and community group for months. We set up the program so that it publicized the locations every single week. So they told people, here's where we're setting up. 
and we stated that it did not trip the camera until the device went 11k over so i was wrong about that they actually came right out and said look we're going to trip the can we're going to trip it at 11k over and that's what she says so just to be clear she's talking about the old photo radar program correct that's right she's not talking about the current intersection safety camera that's right speed program, that's right we're so. still back on that old program yeah. that's good everyone was so supportive everyone was supportive then the program launched and she did 40 <laughs> media interviews that day 40 interviews yeah. that day here we are interviewing bo and ma for half an hour and we're freaked out over <laughs> yeah. it. yeah and we're shot. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she did 40 interviews. The tickets started and all that support went up in smoke. Amazing how the outrage over speed changed when it went from the general to the specific. Yeah. And yet there's been 20,000 tickets so far at the intersection ones and there hasn't been outrage. So I suppose that's a good thing. Well, and, and again on that, in addition to the fact that it's an intersection, I do think there's way more acceptance of hey you know what it's pretty bad to gun it through an intersection there's that but there's also like how long have they been issuing those tickets for it's only been a few months hasn't it so not that many of them have come home to roost just well, yet Twenty thousand. no they've been issued yeah. how many of them have been processed all the way through and come to their recipients oh i thought issued means it's there you, you see it no, they, I mean, I don't know how they're doing this iteration of it, but back in the day, they would take a picture and they would have a charging officer manually review yeah, the I image. Yeah, I understand there's a whole bunch of steps, but I think the verb yeah. to issue means to give it to the recipient. Yeah, could be. I don't know. But that's a great note because she really was, she really was, she hung around with all the government big shots and all that stuff. She really had the inside track on those kinds of decisions about what was communicated I mean, back in the day, I'd have people in my own group who would occasionally get a ticket in North Van and they'd be complaining about it. And I would say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me guess. You got caught speeding ah, just at the bottom of Grand Boulevard coming in along third. Is that right? And they'd say, yeah, how did you know? And I'd say, because that's the only location in North Vancouver where they're deploying a camera. All you have to do is not speed and that one little two block thing and you'll never get a photo radar ticket. You know, it's in the paper. Like, in other words, not much sympathy. Hey, uh, entirely different topic, but uh, I wanted to do a little redux on Beyond Meat Burgers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you had brought that up and you talked about how when you first open them when they're raw, they food. they taste a little bit like cat food or they smell <laughs> like cat food. And uh, But you said once they're cooked, they, they don't taste like it. No. Um, so, you know, we are uh, fresh prep customers and uh, still really happy with that program. And uh, uh, now that Griffin has moved out, we've had to reduce our our subscription, uh, but we're still customers. Anyway, uh, the other day we made some um, kefteris. I think, what are they called? Because some kind of Greek uh, food in a pita with little bits of uh, what should be beef, you know, oh. ground, ground beef. But it was uh, beyond beyond meat so we use that uh, so because i had never noticed it uh so i i opened them up and i, I had a good sniff cat food 100 percent cat food right <laughs> yes. and then but the problem was now that you told me this and our listeners might want to skip the the rest if they're if they like eating it but um it smells a little bit like cat food after they're cooked as well well i didn't i didn't have 
that experience. Because, I mean, at the, when we talked about this before, we agreed that really hamburgers and hot dogs, only reason to exist is to carry condiments from their containers to your stomach. That's only reason you eat hot dogs and hamburgers is so you can get relish, cheese, whatever else you put on them, right? Uh, yeah. So I smothered mine in a whole bunch of stuff. They could have been made of ammonia and I wouldn't have tasted it. Yeah. <laughs> because I just loaded up with crap, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think when it's real beef, the flavor of the beef is pretty awesome. Yeah. But when we, yeah, we have veggie burgers and the key is the condiments for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to have that validated and thank you for that. And it does make me wonder, eh? Like all those restaurants where all those chefs are opening all those packages and thawing out, they're just swimming in that smell all day long. They must just hate people ordering it at some point. Yeah. Because try to think of another food in its raw state that just stinks. There's not that much durian getting cooked in restaurants. <laughs> well, you know. it's probably like traffic noise. You're, you just filter it out after a while, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had one since, I'll say that. Not, not really on by design, just kind of as it turns out. All right. So uh, I have another one on the list, which is about uh, music streaming. I've been streaming music for, geez, got to be four years now. And I had an issue where I was buying way too much music. And I think most people don't have this problem. I remember you talking about this. Yeah. You know, you'd, you kind of like, oh, that album looks really good. Well, you'd pay 10 bucks for it, which is kind of okay. 10 bucks is not a lot of money. But then when I was doing the math, I was buying like six or seven albums a month probably. And so now I stream. But I, I was just wanted to, you know, streaming is only like, what, 10 bucks a month, I think. I just wanted to point out one of the greatest things about streaming is that you can listen to music that you would not normally buy. So I heard an interview with Jimmy Buffett, who uh, I remember we used to call him Jimmy Buffet. <laughs> and... Uh, because we're such wits. Yeah, we're funny people. And and you had Margaritaville and you go, that's actually a very good song, but am I ever going to buy a Jimmy Buffett album? No. But I heard an interview with them the other day. Quick quiz question for you. I hope I haven't already asked you this. What would you say is Jimmy Buffett's net worth? I think I might have asked you this, Skin, and you mixed him up with Warren Buffett. Well, that's what I was preparing to do now. I was trying to see whether I could make some connection. You know, is his middle name Warren was going to be my question. But. So do you guys, if if you, do you know, do you have a guess? You have to make a guess then, if you don't know already. Jimmy Buffett's net worth. $500 million. <laughs> I already told you this the other day. No, you didn't. Yeah. You, weren't you the one that said uh, you mixed him up with Warren Buffett? Well, Warren Buffett's worth about $500 billion. Anyway, so I figured... that, that is correct. It is $500 million. <laughs> that is Jimmy Buffett's net worth. And if you look him up on Wikipedia, they call him um, songwriter, musician, and businessman. Mm. So he's done very well. And apparently he's made most of his money. I, I don't know about the whole businessman end, but uh, touring. Touring was big for him even back in the day when CD sales were still really high. He was, even back in the 90s, he was making more money from touring than from CD sales. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of Oh, money. yeah. And he seems really well-grounded in the interviews. He just seems like a really nice guy. 
didn't he did he do a chain of restaurants and stuff all that kind of stuff Is yeah that part of his portfolio? yeah i don't yeah and i don't know that those did very well for him i think they were called the margaritaville restaurants and there might be a couple of them left open a lot of those that people put their names on um did not do so well and i think he said that ultimately they're down to like maybe just one of them Hmm. Maybe in the Bahamas where he lives. So after the after you listened to that, did you listen to some of his other music? Yeah, I listened to his most popular album, and I've only heard it once. I put it on my playlist, and uh, usually it takes me three, four listens to get into something. And I, I think this is probably a pretty good quality album. Time will tell. And uh, can you explain to us non-streamers what uh, streaming actually is? Do you have access... For, for that amount of money, you have access to all any music and all music? Yeah, like it's pretty rare when an album is not on the streaming catalog. So if you want to listen to every single Beatles album made, including, I think probably including some bootlegs, but certainly all the real Beatles albums, they're there. But niche albums, like if you know somebody like uh, Glenn's nephew has a, an album by, I forget the name of their band. Are some of those guys from Sherwood Park? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, certainly those guys. Um, the Nature Of mm. is on streaming. and So pretty well anything. That's, that's one of the biggest benefits is, yeah, I would have never bought a Jimmy Buffett album, but now I get to listen to it, you know? And it might turn out that, wow, he's a lot better than I thought. But you can't put that into your computer. You can just listen to it. Yeah, you listen to it, and it turns out that, yes, you can download it as well. Um, but For I th- another cost? Y- or? No, no, it's download. It's there. So I think what you're getting at, though, is the moment that I stop my subscription, even though I've downloaded it, I can no longer listen to it. Oh. So it's got oh, a little clever, lock. Clever. Yeah, yeah, it's very clever. And the way I, the way I saw it was maybe... If I get to a point where I, you know, really I can't afford the 10 or 10 bucks a month, um, and that could happen at some point, you know, then I could turn it off and I would lose all the music. That's true. But at that point, if something, if there was an album that I had added to my library that really meant a lot to me, I could buy it. Right. You know, so, so, uh, yeah, it's been great. No, because when you're down to, you can't afford that 10 bucks a month, you're not buying any music. I'm going to suggest. I'm going to be, well, in fact. You're wishing for the good old days when you ate Beyond Meat Burgers. I'd start be eating cat food. Right, for real. So that I could afford an album. Oh. (laughs) So do you think that's part of that BMI ASCAP thing? Is that why they're so... Like, once those streaming services figured out how to make it so that people could not just straight up bootleg, like, you know, Spotify, you can download it. But as you say, once you're not subscribed to Spotify, that's the end. I wonder if that's how come they are so able to get everybody and their dog on there? What I understand is that with the advent of the streaming services, you make even less money being a musician than back when they were CDs, at least as the, as the band, you might make out of the $10 cost of the, or actually CDs were more like 14 or 15 bucks as the band, at least you're going to pull in five or $6 of that. And, uh, now if I stream an album and I really like that album and I listen to it 20 times, because that's kind of typical, you know, yeah. the old classic albums, you listen to more than that. But, you know, modern music, you probably only listen to it 10 or 20 times. You move on to the next great thing. Well, those 10 or 20 times, I'll bet you they make, it's about 
10 cents per album play. So if I listen to it 20 times, that band is going to make some part, they're going to make around two bucks. Yeah, but the flip side is supposed to be huge saturation, like instant worldwide distribution. Yeah, good point. And I prob- and maybe people listen to music more often. I don't really know. I just but. think if your audience goes from whoever was going to buy a CD in North America based on your advertising and their tastes to everybody in the world who subscribes to Spotify, potentially, yeah, you, know, you, you don't have to make so much. I don't know. I, I, it doesn't work out. Apparently, it doesn't work out uh, very well. Uh yeah, Jenna was talking up. Jenna and Haley have both been talking up Spotify to me, and they what they love is endless playlists. Like there's pre-created playlists, and then there's you can create your own and share it really easily. Yeah, but they both really promo the playlist thing and how easy it is to get. And there's just endless, endless varieties of canned playlists for every conceivable situation. Right, right. What, what does Spotify cost? Oh, I don't know, about I, 10 a month. I think something. they're 10 a month. And Apple Music is 10 a month. And uh, I'm on the Apple Music family plan for 15 a month. That's why I made that face, because that's what I'm on to, which is stupid. I should get on just me, because nobody, there's nobody in my world sharing that. And I don't even use it, never mind. I yeah, just well, it's just me and Sue on it. I mean, I made it available to Griffin and Hannah, but they're going, you know, they don't want to really be tied to my Apple ID, which is fair enough. Huh. Okay, so that was, what was that? That was a listener mail. Oh, no, that was you. Yes, okay. yeah. And what else do we have here? Oh, I got one here for you, boys. Although I just finished saying I should get rid of cable, I do watch a lot of Netflix. And I have found myself kind of recoiling when there's party scenes in movies or when there's big groups of people all clustered together in movies. We've become accustomed to... Viewing those situations, you know, like, oh, geez, I don't know if I want to get... So then you sort of start thinking, how long is this pandemic going to have to go on before entertainment starts to reflect it, before it shows up as a part of a day-in-the-life theme in some movie where some guy, you know, he goes into a store and gets kicked. He's having a bad day. and His car won't start. He finally gets started. He gets to the store he wants to go to, and he's forgotten his mask, and he gets kicked out. Like, how long? I'm sure it's begun. There's so much new stuff, and I'm sure I, I got to think that a quarter of it's got to be uh, acknowledging that in the script. Well, have you seen any of it though? Because I, I haven't. No, I mean, and of course they're not. It doesn't look like it from what I've heard from people on set. Is that uh, everything is social distance, but there's no mass to be seen on screen, right? Yeah, and the, yeah. the, the actors are being as careful as the actors possibly can and still tell the story, but. I'm sure there's got to be some that are doing that for, for real, especially yeah. in, in independent movie business. So if the old days was 100% production, do you feel like they're just kind of inching in? Like, is the volume of productions still well below? No, I don't think so. Is it back? They, they fixed whatever they, the fight they're having with uh, SAG, and I, I don't know, I think there's at least 50 productions right now and and because of Vancouver is probably a little bit safer than some American. Mm. Well, I'm not sure about that actually. But right uh, now, maybe not, eh? Um, well, no, I got to assume that because there's production is going on in L.A. too, and I assume that they're doing their protocols are just as stringent on every set as they would be in Vancouver, right? It 
So who knows? But uh, yeah, they got to make up for a whole bunch of lost time. So they're gonna they're gonna pack them in. Well, as a as a consumer, I'm really happy that they're back filming. I mean, there's a lot of TV shows that we really just love to see, and they they haven't yeah. started filming again. Like Succession got five days into its next season and they had to cancel it. Um, so hopefully all those great shows will start picking up again. Anybody, uh, uh, have a look at Cobra Kai. I started to, um, but to be honest, I don't think I've ever watched the original karate kids. So, Oh really? The kind of the connectivity was lost for me. I did start watching it. It was looking okay. I, I liked where it was going for sure. Well, it's, it, I, the, the fact is, is that, uh, it's based on my feeling about the movie and everybody's feeling about the movie, and it just works it in yeah. and out, and it's really quite clever. Yeah, okay. that's what I, I liked is that the guy, the bad guy from the original movie is just a loser. Yeah. <laughs> he's just okay, a horrible loser. He's a loser. pretty decent actor, I must say. Uh, uh, Ralph Macchio, is that his name? The, it, it, he's the original kid, right? Not, not as good an actor, but... Uh, but, uh, but the guy that... The big, the, big producer <laughs> the guy that played the bad guy is a good actor is that yeah. what you're saying and it's about him sort of coming back and starting and it looks like he's turning into the good guy in this one but you're not you're really not sure and they they both have uh children who are in the opposite camps as them it's 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 smart writing i think yeah i liked where it was going i just didn't you know, I don't know what happened a, a leaf fell a dog barked and that was the end of it is right. is that <laughs> is that on netflix Okay, I'll have a look at that. Well, Skinny, you should seriously find the movie. I should. I should. I'm, I'm sure it's on Netflix by now. I mean, it's so old that even Netflix must have decided. I wonder, it was you'd, you'd think that they'd kind of pair them up if they've got that one going on, too. I, I don't know. I do know that Netflix Canada is bringing back the Bourne trilogy, and I'm quite excited about that. <laughs> can always watch those again. <laughs> you can never watch enough uh, things getting blowed up real good, I say. I'm all about things getting blowed up real good. Oh, what else we got? You know what? Um, I'm hesitant to ask. I'll just say this, though. I'm, I'm thinking of selling my car, my fabulous 2008 Suzuki SX4. What? And, yeah, I know. Who would ever part with that? I know. I, I, but I'm basically right now caretaking two cars, a 2007 Mazda 3, that's Haley's, and my Suzuki. So I'm thinking, ah, you know what? Sell the Suzuki and keep the Mazda because the Mazda, well, geez, the Mazda's way harder to work on, yeah. No, the Mazda has features that I didn't even know. It's got luxury type features. That car's pretty beat. But it was originally a kind of a better car than my Suzuki. What model Mazda is it? A Mazda 3, the one that everybody has. 3, like, okay. Just... There's billions of them around, just billions. And they are hard to work on, has been my experience. Like, as an example, yesterday I decided the air conditioning's not working on it, right? So I thought one of the things they said is maybe the cabin air filter is plugged. So, okay, let's change the filter. Because I know for sure it hasn't been changed in a long, long time. It's like a three-hour job. You have to take out a panel, take out the whole fuse thing, disconnect the whole fuse thing, take out another panel... And then unscrew the actual entry to the where the and then the filters are are stacked on top of each other like this and shoved up into a space. So you pull 
let's can I do this one out in the bottom and this one falls down and then you pull that one out and you're, you're doing all this upside down underneath the passenger side footwell it's just horrible well, I hope the cabin filters were nice and dirty so that you, oh they were wildly dirty okay yes, see they excellent were. it's <laughs> worth it then that's what you want it didn't fix the air conditioning but boy they were really really dirty I sold a car once where the guy was clearly a curbsider and that car it had a problem where you'd be driving along and all of a sudden it would start missing you know like what 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 and we took it in to get it looked at you know it'll run fine and then all of a sudden <clears throat> it'll kind of miss yeah and then you know it'd be pretty frustrating and when we took it in the guy said you know what I have no idea what's causing the missing and there's like 40 different hoses in there that I could try. We could keep taking one off and replacing it and seeing if that fixes it. It's just not worth your while. So we sold the car to a guy who wasn't going to take it for a test drive. So I was really happy to have a curbsider show up and he, you know, he pulls out his roll of bills, right? Yeah. And he's yeah. just counting off just a small part of his roll and handing it to me. You go, good take it away i felt kind of bad because he's just going to sell it to somebody else who will then have that problem but yeah yeah they call them curbsiders because you're supposed to have a license if you turn over more than five cars in a year when you don't you're doing business off the side of the street yeah and they quite often are going to be the people who don't they want to meet you on the street on the curbside uh they'd never say no no come on yeah here come over to my house yeah. Um, well, and stuff like that. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do. I don't know. I mean, I went to the apartment building of the guy I bought this last car off of, but I don't have much experience with selling cars because I typically just run them into the ground. Well, to right? me, like, to me, it uh, offers the buyer a little bit a sense of trust that you're going to show him the car at your residence. See, so might oh. yeah, because then I mean, when I'm buying stuff, I will not buy from someone who you know if it's a small thing sure they go yeah can we meet at starbucks whatever sure sure because i can see the item right then and there but if it's anything of any kind of value i want to know where that person lives wow and, uh, yeah because you know so you can burn their house down if they rip you yeah, off if Is they're cheating you, you it's kind of uncomfortable to cheat someone when they know where you live that's all okay noted um gentlemen i think we should have a parting discussion about the canucks it's great wasn't it yeah it was great. Like good hockey. I'm really quite excited. Well, I, I listened to a podcast for the first time. It's called The Hockey Guy. And he's just some guy in his basement, probably in Burnaby someplace. And he just takes extensive notes all through the game on a whiteboard, like really extensive. And then he talks through the whole game afterwards. He, I don't know if he does live streaming or not. I hate live streaming, but I don't think he does that. He talks through it afterwards. And I, I really liked his analysis. I subscribed, actually. I liked it so Does well. he stand up at the whiteboard? Yeah. And he's usually wearing a hat of the day. Like it's either a Canucks hat or now he's wearing a, a different hat because the Canucks are out in a jersey. And and he just talks about what he saw and what he felt about it. And it was at this point in the game where I really started to think they've got to push back now or, you know, he, he says all that kind of stuff. It was really good. Well, they were in it in the last game. I mean, they were being outshot once again, but they were still in it. It could have gone, it could have gone their way. This guy was really on about that. Like not in the last game, but the second or th maybe it was the fifth game 
where he said, he said, you know, this was weird because they were really outshot, outchanced, outhit. He said, and I thought they were in it the whole way. He said, I didn't feel like they were getting the hell beat out of them. In the last game, he said, the better team won. Golden Knights just came out and they owned that game right from the beginning to the end. And the only reason it wasn't way worse is because Demko just totally stood in his head. Yeah. And he said, this is going to be a huge learning experience for this team. And I, I think he's right about that. And that's the good news is they can't fail, I think, to get better after that, depending on trades and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think you're right to be excited, Mo, because they will have learned a whole bunch of stuff about who they are and are not. So is Demko going to still be there next year? Yeah, he is. The question is Markstrom, I think, because they got a couple of key pieces that are going to be uh, unrestricted free agents. Yeah, and they only need one super strong goalie, and it looks like they have two. Well, you want to, I think. Well, you want to, but can you afford to? Cause... Well, I mean, this is the thing. Like They got somebody like Tanev who basically anchors their defense. I mean, him. I, I've talked smack about Edler all the time. But Edler obviously makes a big difference to them because when he's not in, they struggle. And it's the same with Tanev because the other guys are just smaller. They're better skaters, but they're just smaller. And I, I wouldn't have thought it made such a difference still in this game, but it's clear when either of those two guys are out, it's trouble for them, real trouble. And Tanev's unrestricted, so what do they got to do to keep him? How much is he worth? And I think Markstrom is... Is Markstrom too, Mo? Do you know? No idea. Yeah. Do we know why he... No. No. <laughs> no well, sorry, I'd cut you off there. No, why he uh, actually sat out. I thought it might be backup goalie for Demko when he was put in, but there was something else going on, right? No, something was wrong with him because they had Domingue. Louis Domingue was the backup for yeah. Demko. Like, I don't know if Markstrom was hurt or got COVID or what the hell happened to him, but yeah, he wasn't on the bench or anything. He was not in. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't say anything about it. And I guess that was just because, you know, in case they won. But Demko, good God, he couldn't go on like that. I think it's great when Demko would make amazing saves, the camera would go up to show us Markstrom. And, you know, you want to see Markstrom go, darn. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he was obviously quite pleased whenever the team was yeah. doing well. So, Well, Demko is just wild, really wild. I, I, I thought both those goalies... The only reason they got that far is their goaltending, you know, to be honest. Their offense is pretty good, but their goaltending was unbelievable. Did you see how playoffs. tired Demko was? He was trash. Second to last and, game, and then, yeah. yeah. Oh, the second to last game, the, the guys here were saying, he's going to puke. He's, he turns around yeah. and leans over, and he's going to puke, I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, he was really done. And to just, that's the beauty of youth, eh? He's that trashed on a Thursday night. He gets asleep, you know, he has a banana or something like that, <laughs> drinks a lot of water, gets up the next day and does it again, like, whoa. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's good. I think you're right to be excited. It's interesting, though, like Hughes was shown to be vulnerable just because of his size. The same with uh, Stetcher uh, because of their size. They get a long ways in the regular season on speed and skill, but a bigger team, uh, just a heavier team with the same skill set. It's, it really shows up. Yeah. You see the goal? But there was the waning days of the of the Sedines where uh, they weren't winning, but they were sh- they were playing really good hockey, and it was enjoy it was enjoyable to watch them play, even yeah. if they did lose. And then near the end of that, 
it was not even enjoyable to watch for after a little while, right? It was there's yeah. quite nasty. But this that's what happened with these games is that oh oh that's all interesting. That's all yeah. fun to watch, even though we died. Yeah, pretty entertaining. And I I'm just not invested at all. In fact, to be honest, all I did was watch the highlights after the games were over. I just w- went on to YouTube and. Oh watch the highlights because you can get a pretty good feel for what's happening right like highlight after highlight is a really good chance on the canucks net just one after another after another and they're just getting shelled it looks like and then you hear the the shot count yeah they are getting shelled it isn't just an impression they really are getting killed and then you see 19 minutes without a shot from the canucks and you go yeah god stop showing us that (laughs) yeah 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 you see that one? They kept showing the replay of the uh, Las Vegas goalie after he got scored on, looking at the defenseman who was yeah. in in his way, so he couldn't see. Just that really, yeah. <laughs> like he was angry. Yeah, goalies are. Uh, there's a wide variety in my experience of goalie responses, and I like the goalies that have a martyr complex, the ones that think everything's their fault. Because then you can encourage them. Yeah. You can, you can take ownership for things you did wrong that may have caused a goal to go in and they won't kill you. Right. I really hate the goalies. <laughs> well, and I've played with goalies who blame everything yeah. on everybody else. Yeah. And I just hate that because goalies are hard position. I think they need sympathy. And when a guy attacks my play after he's let a goal in, I'm not inclined to be sympathetic. That's a real think, tradition in soccer, isn't it? The keeper yeah. really gives his defense a hard time if they've not yeah done the right thing. yeah and i mean i think the point i like is everybody has a job and in the end the goalies is to keep it out and when he doesn't he should feel bad we expect him to stand on his head the goalies don't know everybody else's job as well as their own hmm. so shut up about what we did wrong <laughs> well we got it the guy went past us not you to get that shot that you then let in. So I don't need to hear from you that he got by me. I was there. (laughs) Well, how does that make you feel though, Skin? Um, Usually if a goalie gives me shit, honestly, like it sounds bad, but if a goalie really craps on me, uh, you know, over the course of several games. Oh yeah. I'm I'm not blocking shots. Forget it. I'm not going to risk my ankles for that. Take the shot. I'm good. I'm not going to try to push some guy out of the front who's way bigger than me and have him punch me in the head yeah, for it. Yeah. Forget it. Just stand here. Yeah. Maybe it'll hit my goalie in the face. You know, like I, Yeah, the Canucks I, were taking an awful lot of shots for Demko, weren't they? They blocked a ton of shots. Yeah. And I mean, that's another encouraging thing. Teams that do that kind of stuff, you know, it sounds cheesy, but you mentioned Markstrom on the bench looking happy about Dem- Demko's performance. He genuinely is. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't get far unless guys feel like that, right? Mm. You don't get far at all. So, yeah, I, th- I think you should be encouraged by all of that. All you Canucks, all you rabid Canucks fans out there, because our demographic is filled with rabid Canucks fans, I'm sure. Anyway, I'm becoming the, uh, the, the seller, uh, not just me, Sue, actually, even more than me, but we've been selling so much on Marketplace <laughs> and Craigslist so I believe that Marketplace is a lot easier to sell stuff than on Craigslist now. Yeah. So it's a real change. And I hate that because I don't really like Facebook. I don't, I, they're kind mm. of an evil empire, but they've done a really good job with the uh, interface and how easy it is to do stuff. And 
if you drop your price, people see what the original price was and there's a little slash and they can see that you've been dropping your price. Um, you can, Oh, so that's good to know. So I should take this car and list it for five grand and immediately drop it down to whatever I actually want. Yeah. I mean, that'll backfire on you. If people go, wow, he's really, he asked for way too much and he must've known that. So I don't know if I want to buy this one. So the the intent was of course, oh, he's desperate. I'm, I'm going now. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you can, you can, uh, you can rate customers, you can rate sellers. Um, yeah. The kids and Susan use it, uh, more than Craigslist now. Yeah. So it seems to be the, the place. Okay, so when I'm taking that away. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that. Because yep. take lots of photos, oh. and uh, with our recent experience, make sure they're really flattering. Choose a a place that with a nice backdrop and good light. Clean it really well and zoom right in on some really nice details. Zoom right in on a few bad spots and call those out. Because then the buyers are going to go, oh, this looks like an honest seller. Yeah. You know, I had people comment, hey, I I liked that you really highlighted that there were those stains in the chairs. And uh, so I think it helps. Yeah, I could do all that. I mean, I think the fact that I bought the car for $4,500 a year and a half ago, and I would just say, so really what I was thinking is, since then, it's a chip in the windshield. It's another year of wear on the tires. Oh, and the AM radio has failed, and I know why, but I just haven't. Then, you know, and I said, just another year of wear and tear, so I'm selling it at three grand. I think that should do it. Yeah. Um, might be a little low, right? It might be, yeah. I actually think I could ask for 35 and get it, but I kind of just want to get rid of it. And, you know, I'm swimming in dough. As long as they don't stop the CERB, I can afford to be careless about these kinds of things. <laughs> Yeah, it took me a while. I thought you were you had a Serbian guy on your block. That's a real problem. Yeah, you had to stop yeah. him. But yeah, the Serbs all over now, isn't it? Yeah, I got my last one the other day. Unless somebody has a massive change of heart in the next couple of weeks, it's over. Yeah, but no. Now there's there's the other one. We we get uh, well, gig workers get four hundred a week. So I don't know when that starts. Whenever Serb is finished, hmm. that's good. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I, I mean, I, I'm not complaining that it stops. I mean, at this point, I have had enough out of CERB to equate to the income I would have earned as a shuttle driver through till about whenever the vaccine is produced. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I made more per month on CERB than I was making as a shuttle driver. So if I do that arithmetic, I've been paid for my shuttle services through to about next spring. Huh? So if they, we talked about this before, I just want to see if anything has changed in your outlook. If you were offered the job again, would you consider it or are you certain that you don't want it? Well, there's a certain amount of, it depends. One of the things it depends on is what the dealership would say about how it's going to be structured. Like for instance, if the dealership said, yeah, we want you back. We're only going to have one passenger in a time at the car and they are going to have to wear a mask then I would look at it because the masks make such a huge difference, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if they said that and we think we're going to raise your pay from $15 an hour to $25 an hour, then I'd probably do it. But, you know, I don't think either of those are very likely. So if they just raise the amount, I don't think I would do it. 
I think the key for me is if you're going to make it super clear to your customers that they have to behave in a certain way and you're going to back me up when I kick them out of the car for not behaving that way, then let's talk. But if you're not doing that, I'm not coming because I'm not going to have a fight with a customer when it's not clear that I have the authority to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. It's, it's a $15 an hour job. I'm not doing that. It's the only trouble is it's a source of endless anecdotes for the podcast. Oh, I know, so, I know. As I think Lee pointed out in one oh, she sent me a note. I sent her a thank you note for all her email and she she'd asked about whether the shuttle job was coming back because uh, you know, no anecdotes. That's right. Hey KJ, uh I take it you did not get that one day with uh, Smallville or no not Smallville, the other one. The Archie comic based one. Riverdale. Yeah, Riverdale. No, no. And I've had a couple more, but oh my goodness. The thing is, is that when you do, when you self-tape, you do your own editing. See, when, if I go into an audition, I never see that audition, right? Uh, and, it, and it's my best shot at it. And who knows what I look like or how I'm acting, really. <laughs> but in, in this case, when you do your own, and because you have to edit it and then send it in, you get to rewatch it, and oh, I'm not very good sometimes. Well, yeah. Have you seen my dance video? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm because that's the exact story. But you have that in common with the best of actors too, right? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that I, I realized I've just done two, two, a couple of rather large ones, and I thought well, what you need to do is you need to it, you, you're self taping, and you usually have quite a bit of time to do it. I mean, you got to get somebody to help you, but uh, that seems to be pretty easy. But you need to actually do it, look at it, mm. decide what can, and like really look at it, decide what can I do to make it better and actually do that then. Don't, because I'm usually just rushed because of the other person involved or whatever, or I don't even want to do it for that long. And I think, okay, that's good enough. Let's go. And a lot of times it looks like poo. Just yep. saying. Well, if I ever have to release another dance video, believe me, it'll get looked at before it gets sent to you guys. That's that's for sure. Just brutal. Brutal, brutal. I just died a thousand deaths. Okay, there you go. That's one for the team. I just want everybody to know I'm willing to take one for the team. Was that just a viewer or is Angie in that shot? She's in that shot. She's wearing the striped shirt. Oh, okay, okay. And her son took it covertly, like she told him to do it. (laughs) Oh, and make sure you get skin in there? Well, she moved around so that it was unavoidable. (laughs) You're you're not looking very mechanical there, skin. I think you're doing a great job. Super mechanical. The reason, too, is it was a joke. Like, I had joked with her quite a bit. Like, there was another old white guy that was going to these dances for a while. He doesn't go anymore. He went to about six. And I told Angie, I said, geez, I hate it when we turn. Because sometimes you turn around and face different directions. I'm at the back. But sometimes, yeah, when you turn around, you're in the front. And he's in front of me. And I'd watch him. I couldn't. I had to watch him. He's directly in front of me. And I would just think, God, he's awful. And I look exactly that way. (laughs) Big, tall, clumsy, awkward white guy who doesn't know the moves very well. And I always told Angie, I hate seeing him because it makes me aware that's almost certainly exactly what I look like. Yeah, the video comes up exactly what So I does look. Angie say, yeah, you're right, you white guys do look stupid. 
Uh, what did she say? She said, you're doing very well. Yeah, okay. Which is one of those things. Yeah, you, you're inclined to believe that she's just saying it. But, but from what I saw in the video, you were actually doing just fine. And also, one more thing for you to think about. Let's say you're not doing just fine. It makes everybody else feel good about themselves. Yeah, yeah and I care deeply about that. You should. Because I'm an altruist. <laughs> you should, yeah. All behavior, I believe I've mentioned this before in this podcast, I believe all behavior is self-serving. And uh, making others feel good does not serve me well in this context. I'll say this about that. Last night, we're at dance. And usually, I don't look at her, Angie, and she doesn't look at me because I'm just trying to keep up, right? So there's this particular move in this particular dance where you put your hands on your hip and shoot your hip one way, and then you open your hands out and shoot your hip the other way. Uh-huh. And I, I was telling Jenna, I said, this is a particularly fetching move in me when I do it. Well, last night we're doing that dance, do the little move. And I happened to look over at Angie just as she looked over at me and she just completely lost it. <laughs> she just completely <laughs> fell apart. And when we talked about it afterwards, she just said, so robotic. <laughs> she said, so robotic. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> just, it was very funny. Even somebody behind us saw her see me and lose it and also <laughs> fell apart, right? Just, because they knew exactly what she was laughing about. I just looked like, like I say, my whole torso doesn't flex at all. My arms are going and my legs are going and my whole torso just stays rigid. Too know? much hockey. Just too old to, it's not anywhere in my experience how to be graceful, really. It's just not. Uh, it's going to be though, before the next video. Yeah, is I released. think so. I think you can learn from it. Uh, I will have to because if that ever happens again, I don't know what will happen. I don't think my psyche can absorb another video like well, that. Well, I think there's a correlation, I think, between being self-conscious about it and robotics. So if at a certain point you get kind of like feeling all soulful and you just don't care anymore about how you look, you probably start looking awesome. You know what? I think you're actually right about that because you won't know this because I haven't told you to this minute, but I edited the very end of that little video clip where I was clearly lost. And what that means is in the part that you just saw, I was not too sure what was going on. And I think you're 100% right. You don't worry about whether your hands are being all graceful when you're actually worried about whether you're supposed to be holding them up or not. You know, <laughs> you just, mm. and I think you're right. If I was, if I just knew the dances really completely, I would probably look better doing them. But mostly it's just fun. Mostly like, that laugh, that was a lot of fun. Just making everybody laugh was a lot of fun. So. <laughs> Just feels really stupid when you see the video. And if the hockey guys ever see this, I'm a dead man. I'll just have to, I'll just have to hang it up. Which is, you know, it occurred to me, there are some of the hockey guys that watch this podcast occasionally. So what's that? We got three night lights. They're free. Anybody want them? They're yours. How about a 200 watt incandescent nice. light bulb meant <laughs> i've got three of these going for zero cents a piece whoa what do you have to <laughs> does that just immediately pop the breakers like when you put that a, thing into a regular a fifth that short 15 hold that other one up again i don't want to see 15 i want to see this big mambo <laughs> here if i things about if i squeeze hard it, enough it'll it, start to light up and if you hold it just at the right distance, it looks the same size as your head. Like it's just, yeah, look at that thing. So 
tell me seriously, a 200 watt light, does that, uh, oh, it's volts that, okay, never mind. 200 watts. Like this, yeah. the stove is volts, right? It's a 220 volt line That's that right. the stove runs, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, we have, uh, I put 150 water into one of our garage overhead lights and it's great. Like yeah. that garage is, but I don't want to put a 200 water in there. It just feels like too much. Well, all the fixtures have ratings. And in spite of our earlier conversations about how everything's over-engineered for its rated capacity, I think 200 in a 60 watt fixture would be bad. Oh yeah, for no sure. Bad. Our overhead lights don't have fixtures. They're just like the light bulb just comes down from the ceiling. And I, yeah, but that's a fixture. Yeah, it is a fixture, but it's not enclosed in the least. So I think you can pretty well go full full wattage with those. I, well, you can go whatever it's rated for because it does have a rating. Even that thing sticking out of the ceiling. Yeah, is rated. that's right. If I get up on a ladder, I can see there's there'll be a little tag on the side of it, and it'll probably be 120 watts. I'm pretty sure that I've got a 300 water in my house. Nice to you. K- working. KJ, do you want these 200 waters? Then I'll bring them over next time. Um, sure. They're four bucks each normally. <laughs> put them in the shed. Put them in the shed. Well, I'm sure I've got room for them somewhere. Uh, oh, yeah. no. Put them, like, install them in there so that we can... You won't have to put the fire on anymore in the wintertime. <laughs> Just turn the lights on and we'll be good. I've got, I got one in... I think it's in the can. I think I should just show it to you. So you guys talk for just a second. Look at the size of that thing. Nice. Holy smokes. Now is that, that is that burnt out or it's just dark from the Yeah, no, it is it's broken. The the uh, what do you call that? The filament. Filament is broken, yeah. And it's yeah, it's something's burnt out. But it's got the big fat base, right, for those old the old uh restaurant lights and stuff, I think. Oh, so that's bigger than a standard light bulb size. Yeah, yeah. And you can get you can get a little adapters for them too. Yeah. A19 is the size I think that you want for a normal, that thing is huge. Well, hold up yours again. Does it just have a normal base? Yeah, it's a normal, I think they're A19 base, like a normal light bulb. Yep. Holy Dinah. I just, you guys. Show and tell. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, earlier in this podcast somewhere in here. Oh, I know. You heard that, eh? There it is again. I was holding up. So we do a family Zoom. Do any of you guys do family Zooms? Mm, no, we do not. No. Well, we I do because my family's scattered all over North America. And my discovery has been that my family are not always on fire in terms of entertainment value in a what? Zoom session. Yeah. In fact, three weeks ago when we had our last one, I said, you know, I kind of brought it up. Should we think about doing stuff in here? You know, maybe here's how about a pet show? Here's my dogs. Somebody else show me your dogs. Let's do that. Tarot cards, maybe. Have you got any tarot cards? Or you could show those. And I said something about, I could really only take one of these every two weeks, right? Because it's kind of heavy sledding sometimes. Nobody really has much to say. And some people are really uncomfortable in that kind of thing. Well, see, that's so, very interesting. You, 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 you know what's interesting about it is that your family... As in general, I would say, I wonder if you are the only extrovert in your whole family. I'm not an extrovert, though. That's the thing. Well, you don't feel like you're an extrovert. Maybe that maybe, and maybe it's what your feelings are that what counts. <laughs> but, um, 
But on the oh my God. on the other hand, every week it's like this. <laughs> on the other hand, you definitely like surrounding yourself with people, and you like being in touch with people all the time. An, intro- yeah, that's an introvert, true. by definition, can only take so much. Like maybe can be happy at a party for an hour or two, maybe. But by and large, really enjoy their silent time and their recharge time. And Tim, for sure. It takes a while yeah. before he'll get opening up after a while, especially if the topic interests him. Um, Sam, I'd say, is like that. Jennifer, maybe quite a bit. And certainly your parents, I'd say. Yeah. I think you're probably the most extroverted of your whole family. It's probably that youngest child thing. Well, also, this is a medium that you understand, too, better than they do. And, and just the yeah. idea of being the TV host or the, you know. My sister's getting really good, though, because she's still doing weekly sermons via Zoom, I think. Facebook Live as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what these were about. I threatened them with, we're going to do the, th- the three stars. This evening we learn. See, this is why it didn't work, too. The three stars, the three stars of the French language. Les trois étoiles de la langue française. I was just going to put them through it. And I threatened him with it. I said, if you don't do anything, if nobody brings anything, we're going to have a French lesson. It's not going to last long. It's only three key words that you need. So our last Zoom session was way more fun. What, <laughs> what are the three stars of the French language? Oh. You have to talk like that if you're going to not <laughs> take your... Your French seer, then there it is in English. Uh-huh, thank you. Three stars of the French language, yes. Le premier étoile. Bonjour. Right? <laughs> so everybody needs to know bonjour. Okay. Right? Le deuxième étoile. Merci. <laughs> so you have to always say thank you for stuff. Le troisième étoile. S'il vous plaît. If you please, literally. Very if nice. it pleases you, in fact. And that's it. You have those three things, those three things, and you get parachuted into the middle of France, you probably won't die if you know those three right. things. If if I was going to add a fourth, it would be where's the bathroom, and then that's it. After that, you're good. So French people have a reputation for not taking it well when you don't put in an effort to speak their language. Is is it that if as long as you use those three words, that that actually will get you a certain ways with them? Probably. And actually, my experience has been mixed on that. Like, uh, my experience has been that some French people seem to dislike it. When I was 21 over there by myself, they seemed to dislike it if I tried speaking English. And yet there were other French people who seemed to dislike it when I murdered French in an attempt mm. to mm. talk to them. They, they hated my mangly French. Mm. So, geez, you can't win, you know. Well, I'll just go over here and starve to death quietly then, you know. I think they like it if you try it, though. When you held that up before the before we started today, Skin, I thought, why does half his family speak French or something? No, like, I thought, oh, no. it was them. all just intended to sort of blackmail people into performing, yeah, performing more at our family zooms. Good for you. I don't know if it really worked because I mean, our last Zoom session was way more fun. I did think that they'll remember it forever, Skin. Well, if I ever give the lesson, they will, but I didn't give it, right? Oh. And besides that, 
you know, it has to be remembered fondly. <laughs> Otherwise, we don't want it remembered forever, do we? That's not what we want. That's all we have for this week. Thanks, everybody, for hanging with us. Um, I think probably we'll just be back to our regular vocal thing, unless unless there's just a flood of email about how much everyone loves these videos. We'll probably just do it the normal way because uh, we're all part of each other's bubble at this point, I think, would be our rationale. You, on the other hand, need to watch your bubbles and take care of yourself because COVID is still a thing. I don't care what they say in West Van. It is still a thing. I don't care what they say in Florida and all the Republican states. It's still a thing. Okay? So watch it. Make sure you come back, and we'll look forward to seeing you again. Bye. See you. See ya. See ya.